Okay. I was willing to respect your territory and treat you like a man, but you couldn't leave it alone, could you? You couldn't let a man sit here for five minutes and take a rest on your precious piece of shit hill. Okay. You want my briefcase? I'll get it for you, all right? You can have my briefcase. Here, you want my briefcase? Here's my briefcase! Get up here! Hey, where you going, huh? Where you going? You forgot the briefcase! You forgot the briefcase! Clear a path, you motherfucker! Clear a path! I'm going home! Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something we feel nostalgic for, we then revisit and review it to find out whether or not our hindsight truly is 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I'm your host, Connor O'Keen, and I'm joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Michael Gervaz. Michael, how are you doing today? Don't you see? You see, we're the same, you and I. We're the same. We're both podcast hosts. <laughs> I'm an Australian. You're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> uh, this week, of course, we are hitting up the 1993 American action thriller directed by Joel Schumacher, Falling Down, written by Eb Rose Smith, starring Michael Douglas, Robert Duvall, Barbara Hershey, Rachel Ticotin, Frederick Forrest, and Tuesday Weld. The film centres around William Bill Foster, a divorced and unemployed former defence engineer, as he treks on foot across the city of Los Angeles, trying to reach the house of his estranged ex-wife in time for his daughter's birthday. How mysterious. Yes, that is, mysterious. that is indeed what happens. And events transpire. A lot of events. Yeah, which hopefully you know of because you've watched the movie. <laughs> Doing our job for you. <laughs> Uh, so this was a movie I picked, uh, I, I, I think I watched it maybe when I was 16 or 17 um, and had a decent amount of fun with it, but I, I have more nostalgia around just the, the DVD case. Mm, like it right. sticks out in my head as um, one that I saw quite frequently because it was one my dad loved renting right. uh, from the, the video store. It was one of those like regular ones. You know, you'd have your, your regular movies if you were at the video shop and you, you, there was nothing new. Oh, out yeah, nothing new. You couldn't find in. anything. You're just like, oh, that you're one's like, always ah, a good time. It. Yeah, it's a go-to. That's always yeah. entertaining. Nice. Um, this was one that, uh, that my, my dad always rented and and he was like, when, you, when you're old enough, you should watch this. I think you'd get a kick out of it. And then you didn't fully understand until last week after watching Meet Joe Black, you finally after, it Only after watching Meet Joe Black could I fathom the frustration <laughs> that this that this this character uh feels um and yeah wanted to wanted to relive it <laughs> but yeah watching it this time i'm really excited to talk about it with you on the back of this viewing uh because i thoroughly enjoyed this viewing this is not one that i've revisited with any frequency um at all since first seeing it and uh yeah i think i got a lot more out of it on this viewing than i did the first time awesome yeah i'm i'm excited to talk about it too because this was my first time watching it hey and i I, I do recognise the poster and probably seen some shots of Michael Douglas in his costume and that and that sort yep. of thing. But besides that, went into it blind pretty much. Didn't, uh, yeah, didn't know anything. Kind of got like postal vibes from it. Yeah, yeah. But besides that, yeah, nothing. So it was very, uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's fucking uh, fascinating and, and riveting the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just getting to see how these events transpire. And so I sort of like noticed things as I was watching where I was like, oh, is this sort of where that trope comes from? Or it's like it's doing that trope. But mm. I didn't know the premise at all going into it. Yeah, so, cool. Which I think was like, yeah, very be beneficial with the kind of uh, like shock to your system that this movie can be. Yeah, it's good to yeah, know, it's not a, know what's it's coming. It's a very, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, again, I haven't watched this uh, too recently, so I couldn't remember exactly where it was going. And because of that, yeah, it still, it still surprised me and, and uh, shocked me. And the thing that shocked me the most is that I, I did not remember this was a Joel Schumacher film. Yeah, um, I was surprised as well. I d and, wasn't paying attention to the credits, but then when you said it, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, guess yeah, it is. yeah. And when I saw that name come up, I had this kind of sinking feeling in my stomach because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> lest, we, lest we forget, the, the man brought us Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. <sighs> like that um, gaudy uh, a, a lens to view what I could remember of the issues that this film kind of uh, or the, the themes and things that yeah, for sure. permeate this film. I was like, oh, this could be really fucking bad, you know? 
this this could be pretty um this could read as as really fucking insensitive and tone deaf, <laughs> you know, even for the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. Let's find out. Like there wasn't uh, and- a high bar for that kind of sensitivity in the nineties. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but man, I think all things considered, I thought this was a surprisingly responsible uh, handling of all of those themes and and ideas and stuff. Like, yeah, I absolutely agree. I was shit, man. I was so surprised how well they I would say even that even stuff. through. Even through today's kind of lens, I think it's it's responsible. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's definitely not. Uh, it, it should make you squirm in parts. Like it's oh. it's not a comfortable viewing. No. Um, but I think like, and I, I felt that immediately. Like when, um, I mean, we'll we'll get right into the 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 plot and stuff. It starts with him in the uh, in the traffic jam, and I love that sequence. Like that that's I think that's a great way to start things off because it's genuinely intense, but it's at this like weird mundane thing that we've all been through and they're, they're playing it up to this like ratcheting up the tension to this like manic kind of level yeah it's it's simultaneously stressful and hilarious yeah yeah and that's kind of the movie yeah pretty much it's yeah everything in that that opening scene is really well choreographed and, and shot and the sound design around it all it, it just does a really good job of making you feel like yeah on edge that level of up like the fly on his neck and stuff. Yeah. Until he opens that door and it's that like, oh, like a yeah. breath of release and you feel yeah, that yeah. breath. Yeah, yeah, totally. But you can also feel like that. I, I think um, something this movie does great is uh, that that heat, the like LA mm. heat that they, that, yeah. that it's supposed to be a particularly hot day. You know, the characters keep mentioning it, but you feel it the whole time. It's like oppressive. Yeah, they're sweating and it's that fucking, that LA smog in the heat. Mm. Mm. I mean, as soon as he like walks off the freeway and he's walking into the the convenience store, that you can see like the heat waves, you know, rising from the tarmac and stuff, mm. um, and it just feels like yeah, again that that oppressive kind of heat. And the point where he he pulls the, yes. the can of soda out of the fridge and holds it on himself, he's just like, oh, that's you know, you know that feeling. Yeah, I know exactly what he's what he's feeling. And then then he he you know we have his first kind of. Uh, we have the first instance of him kind of going down that path to the the point of no return that he talks mm. about later. Yeah, these um, little and like trashing this dude's store and and having this outburst. Um, and I think uh, when he when he kind of gives the dude shit for when he's like, you know, you come to my country and you don't have the the good grace to speak my language or something like that. I was like, ooh, fuck. But then I was like, well, no, 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 that's a good thing. That's good that they've put that in here because otherwise it would turn into. Uh, a Rick and Morty or a Joker thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's good that they establish up front that, like... No, this guy's a piece I don't know, of shit. He's not... Well, he's, like, he's not... Uh, you're not supposed to be necessarily rooting for this guy 100%. No. You shouldn't be identifying with this guy 100%. Yeah. You should... I, I think you should be identifying with aspects of him. I think that's something this movie does really well is that you kind of go, shit, given the right or the wrong circumstances... That could be me, you know. <laughs> we're all I think um, I, we're all only like one day away from our worst day of becoming the Joker or whatever they say. Is that yeah, line? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but not in a cringy Joker way. In it, in a kind of like I, I also I, I got a sense right at the beginning of this movie with the just that scene of him in the car and getting really unhinged and to the point of the traffic jam just being like, "Nah, fuck this, I'm leaving the car." I'm going home. Uh, it reminded me of uh, that new film that came out like last year or was it the year before? The Russell Crowe Unhinged movie. Oh, which um, is a what, similar. Was it, was it like Road Rage kind of thing? Yeah. Was one? Yeah. Where basically like the the mum like honked at him or something. Yeah. And he's, he's essentially that character, but he decides it becomes like a slasher, you know, thriller yeah. where he's like chasing them home and- like, you know, taking them hostage and all this crazy shit. Yeah. And I didn't watch that movie. I heard it was absolute absolute dog shit. <laughs> mm. And I was like, oh, is this like, is this the good version that that movie was aping on? <laughs> and they did a really, really poor way of doing that, like, oh, you know, oh, you can kind of feel where Russell Crowe's coming from, can't you? Like, we're all only- Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we can only all take so much. And it's like, no, this is, yeah, really spot on- like you said, understandable, but only understandable to like a very disconnected level of like, okay, mm. I can understand little elements here, but this is like, this is fucked. 
yeah, and, yeah, and he yeah, is yeah. not the hero. And yeah, it's it's good that yeah that he's got all these racist opinions because you don't want to like pussyfoot around that and like skip them and and not mm. pay attention to them and be like, oh no, he's totally he's totally progressive, but also he's gonna like yeah, fly off the yeah, handle like yeah. this kind of maniac and stuff. Yeah, totally. But then they've got the uh, the the like neo Nazi guy later on to kind of contrast him with and be like, <laughs> okay, he's not like he 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 has the kind of uh, like like you say, oh, he's got all these racist opinions. He really only has that one instance of being a, a like unpleasantly racist, and and it's kind of to a degree that. Well, there's there's the other one with like you know he's like oh is this a, like a turf dispute like he's like oh is this like a gang thing and it it kind of is but also like the way that he's I mean it it a, is literally a gang it, thing it, it literally is but also he is approaching that in a way of you know like well it's it's yeah he's like clearly approaching it as like uh like that's not his his world and he he uh looks down upon that yeah yeah exactly. kind of behavior hmm. but I don't know he seems like kind of like he harbors these kind of minor prejudices um, in like that, I don't know, middle-class suburban kind of way. It's, it's Yeah, it's interesting. You sort of never know what's going to set him off, like even when people are trying to do right or something or it's about the burger looks like shit compared to the, compared to the poster. Yeah, it can be yeah. that or it can be, oh, this fucking, you're, you're some dude from a different country and you're fucking going to charge me 85 cents for a can of like <laughs> Coke and it's like, yeah. Maybe that's what the price of can of Coke is anywhere, regardless of whether it's like, you know, a Korean owned business or a white owned business. Yeah. That's yeah. just like what it costs now. I mean, I think like. But then there's yeah. things like uh, the uh, the family that aren't, they're not actually the owners of the the, the house next to the golf mm. course. They're mm-hmm. the, the caretakers of like, you know, the guy that is the doctor. The uh, plastic um, surgeon. Plastic surgeon. Yeah. And. The, the the dad is kind of, you know, trying to handle the situation and be like, you can keep me as a hostage. Please just let the family go. He takes offense to that where he's like, you think I'm going to hurt them? Like, what do you think I am? And like, yeah, it doesn't matter how someone sort of like comes at him. He has some excuse to be infuriated by that in some way, shape or form. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like by that point, he's just so over the edge. Mm. But he also like I mean uh, shit I really love this movie I, and I really like Michael Douglas's performance um, as this character because the whole time I mean uh, uh, right up until the end where the where he turns to um, Robert Duvall's character and is like uh, to to Pendergast and he's like I'm the bad guy yeah that's like what, and he says it with like I don't know this genuine like befuddlement and yeah. like he didn't know yeah you know no uh, I, like, I really like that moment too no totally everything that I'm saying I'm not. None of it is a negative uh, criticism mm. of the film. I love this film too. I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. written incredibly well. Mm. All of the different situations that that he gets in and stuff like that and all the different exchanges he has with people. I love it for that reason that you go like, okay, this is a bad person for the most part. Like there's some understandable qualities, but then it's also not just as we uh, get the backstory, the police are investigating and they track down his home and they talk to the mum and we hear the ex-wife uh, explain things to the police of why they have the ex- the restraining order. Mm. It's not just like, a, oh, he just had one bad day. It's like, no, he was always fucking like this. Like, if he didn't get his way, he would get irrationally violent about yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the yeah. point where his mother is, like, afraid to go into his room and stuff. Yeah, yeah, So totally. it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. People in his life have been walking on eggshells for like ever because of this dude is like yeah. one second away from snapping at any one moment. Yeah. And yeah, that's again, like it, horrifying. It, it, and it's like not, it's not something where you're like, oh, I can understand. He's, he got fired. He's down on his luck. Like, what do you expect? Like he's at his uh, wits yes. end or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. No, he's been at his wits end for like a decade because that's just how he is strung and that's not okay. So yeah, I like it that it's like, this is a not nice person doing not nice things in a movie, but the movie isn't trying to either justify it or shy away from it. Mm. It's like, hey, here's all of these awful things happening in this film. That's the theme. That's the things we're dealing with. We Mm. are clearly showing this in a portrayal that it is a bad thing. Let's Mm. talk about it. Like, let's, like, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I've I've said that in, like, things of... Uh, like you know fantasy stuff like the witcher season two and you feel like it's like oh this is kind of a little bit 
sanitized. Yeah. For, yeah. for today's climate. And yep. it's not today's climate. It's not 2020. It's fucking the mm. year like 1400 in a fantasy Poland yeah. medieval yeah. era. They wouldn't like act like how we expect people to act yeah. in 2020. They yeah. don't have yeah. the moral compass that we do. It's a totally different world. So I like that it's not trying to sanitize that stuff. It's like, hey, yeah. here's some fucking terrible shitty stuff. And it shows like the the city of LA is fucking dump. Like- yeah, yeah. Art uh, really like um I mean it really emphasizes the like concrete jungle fucking yeah. that 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 place is. Like it's it's such a melting pot and I mean for the most part it's one of those things where he's he's lost his fucking shit. But as he's walking around there you can see like it's it, it, it's it's I have this feeling when I'm on the tram in the city and it's like packed, it's rush hour, it's peak hour, it's fucking crazy. But you look around and everyone is managing to keep their fucking shit together. No <laughs> one's losing their mind. No one's pulled a gun. No one's fucking hitting each other. And it's it's and it make it really makes me like nothing makes me go, fuck humans are basically good than that. <laughs> um and I don't know, like so he's walking around at, like and you don't know what he's capable capable of. And he's in the middle of this fucking concrete jungle with all these other people just trying to to get by. It makes the the, the that tension kind of run through so consistently. Like you said, you never know what's going to set him off. Mm, yeah, and he's seeing all of these really terrible examples of things that can exacerbate what he's feeling because it's giving yeah, him yeah, that. Yeah, totally. It's reinforcing the disenfranchisement with the the capitalist stuff and you know the like yeah oh the dude outside the bank who's like oh I wasn't economically viable well, yeah yeah um and like all the homeless people and stuff and you know they're vets mm. and they're homeless or you know they've all got their signs we'll work for food mm. and shit and it's like oh yeah no LA is a fucking dump and it still is and they're not trying to like sugarcoat mm. that they're mm. they're acknowledging it and making really fucking interesting movie about it mm. and, and and stuff that actually makes you think about things because it's like it only gotten worse, and there's whole freaking cities of like homeless, built up tent mm. uh, shanty towns and stuff. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. A, it's in, ridiculous. The when you when you think about the the like the the class difference in wealth, nothing yeah. says that more than like the rich areas of LA of like all of the Hollywood celebrities mm. and stuff, and then the slums that, yeah, are, that yeah, are literally yeah. like hobo towns. Yeah, in the yeah. thousands, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think the movie does a really good job of walking a kind of fine line between having us, I, I don't know, never condoning his actions or glorifying them, but at the same time never making him a really, like, two-dimensional uh, villain. Yeah, yeah. Like, they could have they could have amped him up and, and made him, like, have him have fucking racist outbursts at every interaction. But, like, he has that one instance with the Korean guy. He's He, he talks down to the, the, the gangsters and... But then through the rest of the movie, he has interactions with like just people out and about. Mm. You know, the little, the little fucking, the little kid helping him set up the rocket launcher <laughs> and shit. Like, I mean, shit. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So there's enough things where he behaves like a person. Mm. Yeah. And like some of his um, frustrations are things that frustrate all of us as well. Yeah. You know, the burger on the fucking poster, like. Or, or, or the like, oh, it's 11.32. Yeah, yeah, And we stop yeah. serving breakfast at 11.30 Yeah, some thing. fuckhead in a fast food joint power tripping, like, Jesus. <laughs> uh, and even the, the uh, like, the, the, the old dude on the golf course being like, this is my golf course, and, like, hitting a ball at him and stuff. But then when he starts to have a heart attack and he's, like, reveling in that, you go, oh, I can't go with you that far. No, no, you yeah. Know. It's, um, I think it's, like, an interesting... Uh, movie where like some movies will do the whole like I think there was a there was a movie that came out I, I want to say like between 2006 and and 2014 maybe in that kind of decade that was these two kind of schlubby people a guy and a girl decide to like go on a, a killing spree like killing celebrities or people that they think deserve it and stuff okay do you remember this one I can't remember uh no I don't know I don't think I know the name no I don't know. It was supposed to be this kind of like escapist, like revenge fantasy on you know people who have more shit than you. But right. like th- this feels like it. It almost it never becomes that. It never becomes this kind of glorification of those things or this. Um, you're not living out a, a fantasy watching him do these things. Yeah. You know there are little things where you get maybe a little bit of a cathartic laugh out of you know the the burger scene, the burger shop scene. But then they'll have these moments of real tension and and things that kind of take you back to earth and make you go. 
oh no, nah, this 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 isn't a way to to behave. Like this isn't appropriate. Yeah, and I think because they don't do the over the top two dimensional having racist outbursts at every left right center, like you were saying, I think that's yeah. what makes it so so well written that it can build up these different all of these different little episodes. Mm. Um, and then it's you know it like you say it slowly gets to that point of no return. It's really interesting to see the mechanics of it in the beginning. It's like, oh, he takes the baseball bat. Okay. And then he's got this baseball bat when the when the gang guys mug him. And then mm. he, he takes the butterfly knife instead. Mm. And then it's like, oh, now he has a gym bag full of guns. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, yeah, that, that gets swapped out when he goes to the army surplus place. And now he has a bazooka and a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, oh. this, this, like, constantly kind of going up in... In like stakes and scale, yeah, yeah, uh, that's really, really like fascinating to watch. In that like morbid curiosity of like, where the fuck is this going? Like, where is this going to stop at? And like, yeah, what is the plan? Like, when he gets there, yeah, yeah, that it's like, okay, he was never uh, when when the wife gets spooked from him calling, calls the police, and she explains like he was never physically violent in the past, but you get the sense that he could be but she still has the restraining order and she needed to get the the divorce. Mm. Then you're thinking like, okay, now this is him on his worst day. What happens when he gets there? Or like, are they yeah. going to stop him before he gets there and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a good, good moment to talk about Pendergast because we've barely spoken about him. He's oh, absolutely. His He's side fucking... story is fucking wonderful. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so good. Robert Duvall is such a fr- freaking classy actor. Yeah, yeah, totally, and he he brings such a warmth to to that role as well. Mm, yeah, like and and it really comes across like he he makes that character feel kind of really well realized. The way he looks at people, like not just the way he talks to them, but literally the way the actor looks at the people he's acting alongside of. Yeah. He looks at everyone like they're a person. Yeah, yeah, and that's why he's a really effective cop because all of the other cops are just kind of going through. It's like ticking boxes, you know. Yeah, yeah, going through the motions, but he takes the time to like. I don't know, get humor them and get to know them a little bit and then pry for, for information and yeah, stuff. It's, it's a, it's really wonderful. And that was the, the main thing that stood out to me when I was like, Oh, this is, this is the trope of cop on his last day before retirement. Mm. At first I was like, is this where that comes from and stuff? But I don't think it does. I think it, it predates this, but I think yeah, having surely. that, that trope, having knowledge of that trope feeds into the tension of the movie. Because this yeah, whole time yeah. they're like, oh, don't get killed on your last day. It's your last day before retirement. And you literally yeah. don't know the the way that this movie is so dark and fucked up. Mm. You don't know if it's going to be a happy ending where mm. the good guy wins and the bad guy doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Or is he going to, you know, is he is his last act as a police officer going to be to, you know, sacrifice himself, save the, save the day, but yeah, sacrifice yeah. himself. So, yeah, you're you're constantly wondering. It's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think he serves as a really great counterpoint to Michael Douglas's character because they're essentially they're, they're two sides of the same coin, really. They're both working stiffs. Mm. They're both kind of treated like shit in their respective you know worlds. Yeah. They're both kind of in this concrete jungle and in the rat race, but Pendergast kind of, I don't know, has a um, – he kind of knows that like, sure, I could fly off the handle and act like a cunt, but what gives me the right? I don't have the right to do that. Mm, so I'm yeah. just got to fucking get on with my job, like yeah, get on with, yeah. with doing what you got to do, you know? And like, and I don't know, he's like really suffered. He's lost a daughter. He's got a, a marriage that doesn't seem super happy. But mm. I don't know, he, he gets on with it, you know? Yeah. He seems to understand that that's what life entails and that there, there, there was never any guarantee that this was all going to be pleasant, Yeah, you know? I love his interaction with Bill at the end where Bill's like, you know, oh, they lied to me. And he's like, that's what this is about? You got lied to? They lie to everyone. They lie to the fish. <laughs> they lie to it's the fish. It's fucking wonderful. Like that, that interaction is so good. Yeah, it's 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 too good. We're, we're fucking yeah. skipping to the end because it's so good. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I, Sorry. I think that um, what you said about the fact that he lost his daughter, that's, it, yeah, it, it shows that he's able to like take that stuff in his stride. Or not that it didn't like wreck him, but- mm. Bill hasn't had an, he, all of the shit that he's, you know, feels betrayed by. He yeah. hasn't been tested as badly as what Pendergast has yeah, with the death yeah, of a totally. child. But Pendergast yeah. didn't fly off the handle even even in that. He, mm. you know, he, he, he understands it or he, he rationalizes it of like, 
You know, my wife never was cut out for motherhood. She did it all for me, see? Went through all that pain, lost a figure, all for me. Then the kid went to sleep one night, never woke up. They called it infant death syndrome. But she wasn't an infant. It was very strange because she was two years old. She was a big girl. She was our baby. Like, you know, it was good while it lasted. Like, it wasn't meant to be whatever. Mm. And the fact that he is so, like, uh, sort of, like, poorly respected at home by her and she's such a fucking pedantic, mm. like, prom queen about shit. Mm. And But he still sees it from her side of, like, well, she only ever had a look. So, yeah. How, yeah. how do you feel like when you're when you're aging and you know every that happens to everyone but if you don't have a career mm. to take pride in then and your looks fail you then and you are only taking pride in that then you've got nothing left sort of thing yeah yeah um so yeah even the people that like wrong him really badly he can still like understand their, yeah, their yeah. side of it and stuff yeah um different sides of the same coin or it's the polar opposite of bill of bill is not able to see it from anyone else's perspective it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. this is wrong to me. How fucking dare you put barbed wire on this fence? You're trying to fucking hurt me with yeah. that. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What what makes what gives you the right to c- climb over into climb the fence? fence? What are you fucking yeah. doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think um uh it's almost like you get those glimpses into Bill's character in those the the tapes of him interacting with his family and like when the little girl's crying cuz she doesn't want to go on the fucking the horse. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. Like I bought the horse for it. Like he Just has this idea. The horse. Who cares? He has this, this expectation yeah. of how things are supposed to play out. Mm. Um, and it's, it, there was a, I was reading a quote that I, I think um, is appropriate talking about the, uh, his, his kind of signature haircut, which was the idea of Schumacher and the, the movie's hairstylist, Linda Garasich. Douglas commented on how it helped him get into the character uh, and said that it gave me the feeling of a late 50s, early 60s kind of character. Somehow you get the the feeling that he came from another time or he wished or hoped for another time when things made sense. And that's what this dude feels like. He feels like this dude who's probably, uh, I mean, you put him at about 40 there. Mm. So he was born in the 50s, raised with this idea of of America and the American dream and how things are supposed to play out for you especially if you especially if you're a, a middle class white dude yeah. at that point in time like this is how things play out for you and then it hits the fucking like the 90s hit and it's just simply not that yeah you know and he's in fucking LA it's a jungle out there and he's just at sea like completely lost and he is but he's so you can you can kind of pity him for that or or um understand his frustration up to that point but again, they do that that thing of of having those video uh, segments of of him being unreasonable with his with his wife and child, and the stuff with his mum and stuff, and kind of those little things that tip him over into the realm of like being fucking unreasonable and yeah, yeah. unhinged. Absolutely, you know where you go like everyone everyone feels that frustration, everyone feels that that disappointment as they grow older, especially. But it's a matter of rolling with the punches. It's a matter of kind of. What do you call it? Recognizing the gap between your expectations and reality and finding somewhere in the middle to meet, you know, and live <laughs> happily. Yeah, exactly. You know, or as happily as possible. And that's the the biggest the the best example of that, I think, is in the tape with the daughter. Because it's like whatever mm. your family, all of this, when you have a fucking one-year-old kid mm. and you can't handle them being unreasonable. Because yeah. of your dumb expectation logics as an adult. And it's like they can't yeah. even fucking comprehend mm. what those expectations are to follow them. What is what is wrong with you? Like, it's yeah, a fucking yeah. kid. Just fucking deal with it. Kids have yeah, bad days. Yeah. You can't and expect them to be you, perfectly well behaved every time. Yeah, absolutely. And at that point, you totally, totally understand the wife's motivation and, you know, why she's scared of him and all that stuff. Because you can see how that stuff can yeah. spin out. Oh, yeah. And it just even if it doesn't spin out any worse than that, it's just like that's what that is day in day out of like living like that on eggshells. It's fucking mm, mm. that's like torturous. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, I was surprised at just how classy this movie is in parts. It really uh, allows certain scenes to breathe uh, in a way that that gives them a I don't know ma- makes you take them far more seriously than you otherwise would. Mm. And 
makes you take them as seriously as you should with like the the wife talking to the cop for instance and he keeps kind of prodding her and not fully uh, like not just accepting that she left this guy for a reason or that she's worried for a reason yeah keeps being like wait so he never actually hit you what does that mean it's like well i thought he might right but he didn't like it's yeah it's really really fucking like hard to watch your, your heart breaks yeah because you go well yeah the fucking judge ruled on the thing so yeah. what authority is it of yours to second guess this after the fact when you don't have the details like mm. stop being a fucking judgmental cunt <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, it's it's really well edited um paul hirsch was the editor on this one and again he he makes some really deliberate and really effective choices to let those scenes breathe and to let a silence hang. There's that that scene ends with like the dialogues finishes, and then there's just a look of of the actor kind of actress looking like, yeah, okay, just smiling like a pained, polite smile mm. uh, before cutting to the next scene. They let you sit with it. Um, same with uh, Pendergast and the the captain speaking, which is um, uh, what's his name? Good old. Uh, we had him a couple of weeks ago in Flubber. Raymond J. Uh, Barry. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and Walkard's dad. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's great when, you know, he's like, oh, you know, they have to tell me, like, I have to ask, you know, are you sure you really want to retire and all that stuff? But then, yeah, you, that's a, you get that real good sense of like, okay, people don't fucking respect him in his job. He's not respected at home. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, like, I mean, he did like. They, they think he's they, a, like a, a pussy basically because he yeah, doesn't yeah. do field work anymore. He does desk job. Yeah, he but they robbery. really don't respect him. Like they didn't respect he. The captain didn't respect him enough to know about the the death of his yeah, child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's crazy. Getting to see him like put all the pieces together is really cool. It's again, it's that like that trope of like, oh, he's a good cop. Like he understands. Like he's a real detective. So mm. you get you get the little thing of like, oh, they he fucking attacked us with a baseball bat. He's like, wait, the baseball bat? That's like the, this yeah. thing. And then you know you're figuring it out. As he does, and we're getting all that information of oh, it's a white shirt and tie, and then when he when he changes out of that into the army surplus stuff, you know they hear about that as well, and you know put it down on the map, and he goes like up, oh, boom, he's headed to Venice, um, yeah, and that's fucking awesome, and it's so it's so nice and neat that in the beginning he's only like a couple of cars back, and in the yeah in the yeah. good nature that he is, he gets out to help. And you know, pushes the car off the side of the road with the with the traffic yep. cop, and it's not a, a contrivance either. It comes from that character being who he is. He is the kind of dude who would get out and and try and help because he sees a you know a, a, a traffic cop yeah doing his thing and think, well, I'll, I'll help out. And then getting the reveal and the like the eureka moment of going back to when he when he decides like, all right, fuck this, I'm I'm going out, I'm going out onto the into the field, and mm. going to do some detective work. Um, going to the the first convenience store that got busted up and realizing that it's only over the hill from the traffic stop. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He, he has fucking defense as his custom <laughs> number plate. D-F-E-N-S, defense. They said he was on his way home. Go check out his address. Okay. Yo, Mr. Yee. <whistles> defense. <laughs> And you go, yes, awesome. Yeah. And so then it's like, yeah, like you say, it's it's not laboured, it's not it's not contrived, it it it's like fits into everything so nicely that it's like, oh, they were like right next to each other at the beginning and they make mm. their way back to each other at the end. And then also because it's like a distinctive license plate, they can run the plate, they can find out what his home address is. So mm. then we can get all of that good information from like the mother and stuff. And mm. um going, yeah, with the mother into the mother's house and stuff, like you said. Pendergast's approach is so good compared to Sandra, mm. where it's not just like boom, ask the questions, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, He's like, yeah. oh, these little, these little glass, yeah, yeah animals yeah. and stuff. And he, yeah, <laughs> he, he, like actually spends the time, and he's got that really warm human like mm. approach that he, yeah, he really feels like he like looks at the people and and understands yeah. them and stuff. It's great. Yeah, totally. And and not just Pendergast's dialogue. Pendergast's dialogue is, is really wonderful and really well written for that character. But I really love everyone's dialogue in this movie. Mm. It's great. It's sharp and it's it's funny and it's witty. Uh, but again, it, it doesn't undercut the the tension that they're building. Even just little things like when the uh, the the kind of douchey detective uh, interrupts their lunch in the the when the, when when Sandra and Pendergast are, are grabbing lunch together. 
and he comes through and the the uh, he almost bumps the waitress and the waitress is like, hey, hot plate's coming through. And he's like, don't touch my gun. She's like, fuck you. Like little <laughs> things like that. I'm like, that's really nice. Yeah. The, the fucking, like that bit part, that extra, got a laugh out of you. That's fucking awesome. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like everyone in the, um, it seems like everyone that they, that he comes across, like they've all, yeah, everyone fe- really strongly feels like they've got a personality. And you yeah, really totally. get a sense and, of that and- personality in a really uh, like snapshot. Like the dude- on the boardwalk that's um, asking him for money. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm doing all right. How about you? Man, I'm terrible. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I came down from Santa Barbara yesterday, and this friend of mine wasn't home like I thought he was going to be, and he owes me some money, so I thought I'd have some money to get back home with. I'm almost out of gas. I just sleeped in my car last night. I, I don't suppose you'd have a couple of bucks you could give me. It would really help me out. If you give me your address, I'll mail it back on this. Let me see your driver's license. What do you want to see my driver's license for? Well, if you're from Santa Barbara, I have your address on it, won't it? I don't have a driver's license. You drove all the way from Santa Barbara without a license. Are you a cop? Let's see your car registration. Matter of fact, let's see your car. All right. Forget it. Okay, just forget it. And then he, like, goes to give up, and then he's like, you fucking... That's how you treat a vet? And he's like, what? <laughs> he's, yeah, like, he's like, Vietnam. Yeah. And then he's like, you'd have to be fucking, like, 10 when Vietnam happens. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, he's just totally talking shit. Uh, the the little guy, the little bit part of the dude outside the bank is wonderful as well. The not financially mm. viable, like everybody, mm, mm. you really get that 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 idea of who they are. The in the burger joint, the I forget her name, the like the cashier chick. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she she's coming at the she's doing the same thing. The like, oh, uh, we stop Sheila, serving, Sheila, Sheila. We stop serving yep. breakfast at this time. And like, yeah, you, oh, you want to talk to my manager? Like her and the manager, they're going at that same situation with the same approach, but her mm. personality is entirely different to the fucking the manager. That's like well, you, the, can sh- you can see she's like, this is just a job. Like, yeah, I'm- yeah. So she's kind of enjoying a little bit of like, you know, he the manager sort of feels like he's, you know, the 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 ego check sort of thing. So she's kind yeah. of enjoying this guy like having it out. On the manager, yeah, because she yeah. doesn't she's really giving, feel like she's the manager's one getting balls. Yeah, she's not in. Yeah, it's it's not on her or anything. Yeah, it's funny. And then that burger joint scene is just fucking great. Like that whole that whole sequence makes me laugh so hard. The the fucking when he accidentally fires the gun and everyone's like, oh, fuck. he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sensitive trigger. Sensitive trigger. <laughs> or when he's when he's like going around the the shop and like asking people how they're enjoying their meals and the that, like that one lady's like, who is it? <laughs> like, I think we have a critic. That, that fucking kills me. And then again, it's it's so fucking tense. And then the, the these little like brief uh, the, these oases of humor come out and and just when you need him, like where he turns and he he's like. You know what's wrong with this picture with the with the flat burger? He's yeah. like, can anybody tell me? And the little kid puts yeah, his just hand a up, kid. <laughs> and his dad looks at him like, "Fuck." <laughs> but yeah, again, it walks that really fine line. You get those those scenes that are really great and very humorous, but they're not even the 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 bit where he shoots up the phone booth because that dude's being a douchebag. They're they're funny, but they're not. Um, I don't know skits that have no that, that don't tie in with the plot. They mm. all end up being clues for the police officers to to you know pick up. Yeah, the satisfying conclusion when when all the pieces come together and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it never makes you again kind of go, "Oh, this guy, you know what? This guy's really funny. I think I I think I do like this this <laughs> Michael Douglas character." Like yeah, it never never falls it teeters between two two kind of uh regrettable outcomes for this movie, I think, and manages to never fall into to either. For my, for my uh, liking anyway. Well, I also agree, and like we've said before, we're the only two on this podcast, so one hundred percent of hosts. Thinking on on uh, Pendergast's character as well, being kind of an inversion of uh, Michael Douglas's character. Michael Douglas has the the you know uh, giving giving the the Korean guy shit for not speaking English and stuff earlier, which is unpleasant. And then when the Mister Lee comes into the the, the cop shop. And he asks the Japanese officer, like, can, can you, you know, can you translate for him? He's like, well, actually, I'm uh, this, you know, Mr. Lee here is Korean and I'm Japanese, <laughs> which you never considered asking. And you can't, and Pentecost is like, oh, 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 sorry. Like, he just gets on with it. Like, he's got his own, like, little kind of day to day, not prejudices, but ignorances. Yeah. And you kind of, you, you forgive him because that's, that's, it's a human, it's a human thing. <laughs> 
But more to the point that I, I think that's a good way, the same way that they make Michael Douglas's character never like comic book evil, Pendergast is never like comic book good. Yeah, he's not yeah. this shining beacon. He's just a dude. Yeah. He has his imperfections. He he's he's got his fucking, you know, uh um he's got his like blind spots. Yeah, totally. And I think you that, know, that like would, we all do. That would also date the movie worse because how like cops are glorified in films is very much changed over the decades. That you go back now and it's like this it feels like glorified propaganda compared to the shit that's actually happening in the world. That mm. you go like, oh like this is just fucking this is like a, a, a obligatory bullshit cops are heroes they're all amazing and awesome sort of stuff that it like yeah it, it puts a sour taste in your mouth that you just can't believe it where this is like a lot of the people you work with are dicks and like he's not fucking perfect either but like yeah exactly he, yeah he's he's not a fucking corrupt cop like that that's good at least yeah yeah I, and I, I i mean yeah i like this movie i like the way the they handle the cops in this movie they're all just working stiffs mm. you know yeah, like it, it kind of seems shit that they're like that they don't take her seriously when she's called up again because he's called again and and basically threatened to kill her mm. in but a I roundabout like that, way. That, and they're just that's like that one department. And then when Sandra is talking about that specific department later, they're like they're being dicks. They're saying they can't send another truck over there to you know comfort a hysterical housewife or whatever. Yeah, for the third like, time, and it's like. Oh, well, maybe us telling you that there's, like, a dude that's been, like, fucking going crazy and committing, like, shootings across the city is headed right there. And what she, you know, reported is 100%. Like, we can, can, us, the other cops, the Mm, cops that, mm. you know, are actual detectives that investigate violent crimes can confirm that to you. And they're like, nah, fuck fuck that. Like, yeah, we don't have, it's not in our budget, man. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. And then I guess to contrast uh, Bill... With someone far worse than Bill, yep. we get the army surplus guy. Uh-huh. And, like, also sort of contrast, like, the burger shop is a pretty funny scene. Like, it's got moments of, like, nice levity. Mm. Army surplus, not so much. It's kind of, no, it, it really makes no. you feel, like, on edge and, and awkward about the all of, the, like, the situation and all the language that the, the army surplus dude uses, like, the whole time. It doesn't really let up on that too much. No, not at all. But I, but it doesn't play it for laughs or anything cheap like that either. So it's no, that's kind what of, I mean. Yeah, yeah. They don't try and it, add any humor in there. Or no, 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 no. Yeah, it yeah, goes right. like, no. This is a this is an extraordinarily despicable person. Yeah. So we're not gonna give we're not gonna give it the little funny bit for him. Like no, he's no. not gonna have his funny line where we say, he says, "Oh, we have a critic." Like <laughs> yeah, this, yeah exactly. this guy is like just a hundred percent fucking scum of the earth. Yeah, yeah, and really well played, but like you know, to a point where it makes your stomach turn. Where he's where he's yeah. holding up the Zyklon B canister. Oh yeah, and he's like, oh, oh, I don't even want to repeat the lines. It's, yeah. it's really yeah. unpleasant. No, but um, uh, yeah. What do you what do you think of that scene specifically? The bit where they go down into the thing and, and he has the kind of the the, the I'm disagreeing with you. Like, uh, yeah, I really like it. I think yeah. um, it it does sort of raise things up even higher and it sort of gives you the glimpse of like you're you're not too far away from becoming this even though you've still got this moral of like I'm not fucking like you I'm a fucking American you're a fucking mm. weirdo you're a fucking yeah, neo-nazi yeah. bastard I've got freedom of like expression and and shit I can I could disagree yeah. with you but it's still like uh, are you much better though if you're fucking shooting people and, and hurting them of course of are course, you much yeah, better yeah yeah but it doesn't yeah although it does like raise the stakes and go like, oh, this is really fucked up and it's some really fucked up languages, language and there's some really fucked up like images and themes of, of all of that crazy stash mm. of Nazi mm. war stuff that he has hidden away in his own private stash. It doesn't feel too ridiculous fantasy that it takes me out of the like the realism of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. It's not too much, even though it's a fucking shoot a bazooka or uh like yeah it doesn't it doesn't lose me it it still has me really like really engaged really tense still Mm. questioning like where the fuck is this gonna go from him starting off as being like oh this is a fucking scientifically proven hiking boot but he's a fucking vietnam shoe it'll last twice as long because it's fucking it's the yeah it's the good shit and then it sort of goes downhill a little bit more, a little bit more each time he opens mm. his mouth. Yeah, yeah. To then the point where you go like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, sure, like, 
he's a fucking terrible homophobe. But then he's like, he's got the police scanner and he's like hiding. He he recognizes this is the dude that shot up the burger mm. joint. Mm-hmm. And when the cop comes around, he's going to like hide it, hide him and protect him. Yeah. So it is really weird. You go like, wait, what is this dude's motivation? What's going on? At the same time, Michael Douglas's character is thinking the same thing, going like, wait, what? Yeah. Why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the, the the I think his name's Nick, the Nick character is like he thinks that you know, we're the same, like you're one of us, like you you've you've had it up to here with with the, you know, these people and and you you you're taking all you can stand, you can't stand no more sort of thing. Yeah, you're fighting our fight. You're he thinks he's a vigilante when he's like, what kind yes, of vigilante? That's right. are you? What kind of vigilante? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not a vigilante. I'm an American. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Bill having that distinction in his mind. I think is really good. It reinforces that idea that he has this this expectation or this preconceived notion of like what being an American is and and the American dream and da 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 that that is just so at odds with reality. Yeah, you know, even his own reality. Like he 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 can't seem to like. I know it's it, it. He is repulsed by the idea that he could that this dude with all the Nazi paraphernalia could think that they're on the same side. Yeah, yeah. I like too that in that scene where he finally like he, he gets free, stabs the guy with the the knife, and then he's shooting at him, but he's missing a bunch. Like he never becomes a crack shot. Yeah, he's never this this uh you know he never turns into the Terminator. I was sort of like curious to begin with whether he's what he, what his background was before you find out that it's like okay he was in he's like you know an engineer for defense stuff you know mm. so he is mm. like I'm I'm protecting this country and and all of that stuff which is a a good backstory to have. You wonder, like, oh, is he? What, did he fight in Nam or something? Like, yeah, yeah. Because of the way that that would also make sense in the in that expectation of being mistreated, the way that the soldiers were treated when they came back from fighting that war, because the public yeah. opinion was that way. It was like the public lashed out on the people who fought that war, even though it mm. wasn't their decision, sort of thing. So mm. um, I'm like, oh, does he have like a military background or something? Yeah, but he doesn't, and it's like, yeah, he doesn't act like he does. Mm. It's uh, yeah, he's the way that he's um holding the gun when he's like, oh, it's a sensitive trigger. Like he's got like his trigger finger and his middle finger kind of there. It's like it's really, <laughs> really like awkward the way that he's holding it, and like yeah, it, it also puts you on edge because you're like, you're not fucking even like you don't even have like a uh, like a strong grip on it or something. It feels mm-hmm. like you could drop it at fucking any time. Something I really like too is each of the phone conversation scenes that he has with his wife. Uh, like, you know, the first time he doesn't say anything. The next time he starts speaking. And this is like in the approach to the the drive-by shooting. And mm-hmm. so you've got the the music and the kind of editing, building tension. And if you haven't seen this movie before, you assume it's tension about the, the drive-by shooting that's about to occur. But watching it a second time, watching it this time, I was getting tense for the wife. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like the music is as much there for the wife being like, oh, fuck, this guy is coming back into my world as it is for the the, the approaching, you know, drive-by shooting. Mm. And then they manage to do that each time he, he has another call with her. And then on the back of that, um, you know, he, he just kills the the Nazi dude, which, you know, we're, we're, we're stoked on. That's 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 good. He was a, he's a piece of shit. But then when he's on the phone with his wife getting all, after getting all G.I. Joe'd up, and he drops that little anecdote about you know in some places in as you say like South America I can't remember yeah. where you know it's 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 legal for, to to kill your wife if she disrespects you yeah and you're like oh fuck and yeah. then <laughs> you, from then on you like you know what his intentions are or you know like that like how far gone he is and any kind of uh, sympathy or or like rooting for him is kind of vanished yeah from like, from absolutely. that point on. Especially because you're like, I thought you were an American, dude. What are you talking about other countries' laws about? Yeah, I yeah, you love a, America so I thought much. you're a goddamn American. <laughs> you're like, America, um, why don't you not kill your wife because it's your right <laughs> as an American to do so? And then um, that last phone call from like literally around the corner from her house and yeah. you can hear the music in the background being played on the, the street and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, it's so good. And then Pendergast showing up just in time, sort of, but like- Again, it's it's the Pendergast way of approaching the situation. It's not the regular cop movie of yeah, he 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 followed them onto the pier and is like freeze. He's just yeah. fucking leaning there eating the popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's classy, so dude. So good. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, just that um, 
just that way of like again he relates to him he like he talks about yeah the shit he's mm. been through and mm-hmm. like the, the, he understands that stuff and that that thing of like uh how he keeps saying like like i i don't have have my daughter you do like you don't want to see her grow up and he's mm. like not from behind bars and you can kind of you can kind of understand that as well like being like no nah, fuck it i'm going <laughs> i'm i'm going for broke here yeah yeah like he fl- him flashing the, the the gun and badge to the wife so she understands. Mm. And so then when he puts down the gun to like take the popcorn from the daughter who's feeding it to him, mm. wife kicks away the gun, he pulls out his, it's like sweet, brilliant. And then also mm. like, yeah, she fucking, she, she doesn't just kick it away. She picks it up and she fucking throws it off the pier. Yeah, There's no like yeah. bullshit like, oh no, contrivance. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, they, 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 they didn't do the right thing or they were kind of fucking- implausibly incompetent just so that he could get the gun back or something. It's like, nope, the gun's gone. It's just him and him being like, let's draw after being told like, you're the, I'm the bad guy. He's like, how did that happen? Like what? I'm the bad guy. I fucking love that. That whole, that whole bit is so great. And then we get fucking Chekhov's water pistol, dude. Like, yeah, (laughs) I forgotten about the water pistol bit. And and I love that. And not only do you get the, the water pistol kind of payoff, but also, there's that moment where where Pendergast like touches his his lip because he's gotten water on his on his face, and you go like, "Oh fuck, he would have fucking died." Yeah, you know. On that note, there's a, a good uh, Roger Ebert quote on on this uh, movie from 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 the review that he wrote at uh, at time of release, talking about uh, people either finding it kind of uh, either glorifying this vigilantism and and violence and stuff, or being uh, like supremely racist because some of the targets of the film's protagonist, or you know, the pr- protagonist, this, this this character's interactions are you know African American and Latino and Korean, with a few whites thrown in for balance. He says, he says both of these approaches represent a facile reading of the film, which is actually about a great sadness which turns into madness and which can afflict anyone who is told after many years of hard work that he is unnecessary and irrelevant. What's fascinating about Douglas's character, as written and played, is the core of sadness in his soul. Yes, by the time we meet him, he's gone over the edge, but there's no exhilaration in his rampage, no release. He seems weary and confused, and in his actions, unconsciously follows scripts that he may have learned from the movies or on the news where other frustrated misfits vent their rage on innocent bystanders. That's what it feels like when he's doing the draw thing. It's because he's like seen it in movies, and he's like, fuck it. Yeah. This is what you do. If If I'm the bad guy, this is how this picture ends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, no, the the weariness, that's such a good description. Yeah, he is. He's just so, like, tired of everything. Mm. Yeah, and he has that tiredness from the start. Like, it's not like he starts out full of piss and vinegar and I'm getting, <laughs> getting mine back, motherfuckers. Like, he's exhausted to be told that this can of soda is 85 cents. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, yeah, and thus ends a fucking... Ripper flick that I was worried was simply not going to hold up to today's standards. Mm. I think it does, man. And again, oh. I think it's it's responsible in its approach to these things. Yeah, I totally agree. Coming from the perspective of this being my first watching, so I don't have the nostalgia or the you know I watched it at time of release. It's yeah, it's it's bloody it's bloody fantastic, like pitch perfect. Like like we've said responsible if it went either of those other ways it would have just fallen into like lunacy and and the uh the irresponsible yeah yeah totally like what um like what the people who are complaining about it in roger ebert's review are not fully understanding about it Mm, yeah that's that thing that i think that today people are worried about they go oh there was racism in your movie that makes you a racist and it's like no, I put racism in my movie to show that it's a fucking terrible thing and, and how awful it is. That yeah, when, yeah, of like, course. We get to see what happens to the victim of that discrimination and we feel for them and we feel yeah. sorry for them and yeah. we empathise. That's a good thing and we understand this bad, this good. Yeah. Like it just just by pure having that issue in your film doesn't make you that. Yeah, yeah, of course. but And, and also, like, I mean, fundamentally, it's a fucking, it's a story. It's a movie. It's not a uh, philosophy textbook. <laughs> it's not a fucking uh, uh, video essay on, on ethics. Yeah. Fucking hell. 
if you're looking to a Joel Shoemaker film, <laughs> you know, then maybe something's wrong with Yo. But again, having said that, Joel Schumacher points fucking well done. Where point, yeah, yeah, points easily, easily like top top of the, the 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 list for his movies. Yeah, just when I when I had a quick quick look at his filmography, I'm like, yeah, no, like I don't know. I guess a lot of people are very fond of the Lost Boys. Yeah, yeah, Lost Boys is cool. But yeah, this is fantastic. I remember I remember Phone Booth being good, but don't know again. Don't know if that would hold up. Maybe. Maybe we'll, well, we'll I mean, have a lot of sh- phone booths anymore. Yeah, true. It won't make any sense. <laughs> Fucking kids these days will watch and be like, what's he doing? What's he standing Why doesn't in? He just text. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're still we're sounding more and more like old men as we go here. <laughs> I, I think this is a movie that I'm going to enjoy more and more with age as well. <laughs> Hopefully for the right reasons and not the wrong oh, reasons. Surely, surely. <laughs> Well, for one, you can never get that haircut to uh, to to go postal. Exactly, and, and I'm constantly, constantly renegotiating my expectations of, <laughs> of what life will entail. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, word of mouth is incredibly helpful for us. You can help us out by sending this on to a friend, or posting it, or TikToking it. I don't know what you fucking people do. <laughs> Alternatively, if you'd like to help us monetarily, you can hit us up on patreon.com forward slash rose tinted review, where for as little as three bucks a month, you can get access to a bunch of goodies and as much as 10 bucks a month. Bonuses. Bonus goodies. Ex- hours bonus- upon hours of content. Bonus exclusive content. You can't exclusive get anywhere else. Content. Nah. It's hidden behind that paywall. Tell you what, defense wouldn't be happy about that. <laughs> he wouldn't understand the concept be like why isn't it on the TV <laughs> what's all um, this on demand shit <laughs> a podcast what's wrong with the radio <laughs> my tax paying dollars go to links to all our socials are in the episode description where you can hit us up and tell us if you went fucking postal what would be the first <laughs> retail store you would terrorise what would be the straw that breaks the camel's back for you <laughs> so that we can avoid doing that? Yes. Yeah. I'd also like the answer to the store thing so I know which stores to avoid. Mm, mm. Very, very clever. Yeah. I don't want to be taken hostage while enjoying my Big Mac, mm. you know. Next week, Michael, what do you want to follow this up with? I have been thinking about only like re- as recently as today, I had this thought and I thought it would be interesting to go back and check it out uh, because there was a, there was a new one that came out recently after a long, long absence. Uh, I want to check out Paranormal Activity. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. This has been on my list for a while. I've only ever seen the first one. Yeah. And I remember like enjoying it enough at the time, but I don't know. I don't know. Oh, cool. I was I was gonna pick this eventually. I'm I'm glad. Yeah. yeah, this is cool. This is gonna be fun. I'll pick a horror film for once instead of yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Oh shit, maybe I'll pick some fucking sci-fi epic thing. Yeah, fantasy thing. Then. Yeah. Connor's next pick. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. All right, well, join us next time where we'll find out whether or not our hindsight truly is 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. Going to the street. We're fixing it. What the hell does it look like? Two days ago was fine. You telling me the street fell apart in two days? Well, I guess so. Pardon me, but that's bullshit. I want to know what's wrong with the street. See, I don't think anything's wrong with the street. I think you're just trying to justify your inflated budgets. What are you nuts? No, I know how it works. If you don't spend the money you have projected this year, they won't give you the same amount next year. Now I want you to admit. There's nothing wrong with the street! Fuck you, pal, huh? You're not gonna hold us hostage here with these yellow lights and all these big trucks. Look, I'm just here to to keep people from falling in, that's all. I wanna hear it from you. What's wrong with the street? 
I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I think it's a sewage job. You're lying. What's wrong with the street? Nothing. I knew it. See? I knew it was fine. 